Next on BYU Sports Nation, the most likely path to BYU football bowl eligibility and beyond. Hey, don't stop at six wins. 80 days away from Arizona. Let's chat with number 80, Kyle McGuire from the great 1996 team. How would that team fare against BYU's 2018 opponents? Plus, who will serve as the official World Cup team of BYUSN? It's the selection show of selection shows. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, June 13th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with World Cup Selection Committee member, Jerem Jordan. Now, we do not have FIFA involved in this, so there's no corruption, okay? Uh, there's no frozen envelope, conspiracy theory, NBA draft. There's no, you know, bent corner associated with this. Coming up in about 30 minutes, we will randomly select the team BYU Sports Nation is officially rooting for. Okay, obviously, it's going to be fun. World Cup starts tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. The only awesome, th- not awesome thing about it is how early the games are. Two of the games are like before the show ends. So that's tough for us. We'll still be able to be watch honest, a good deal of yes, football. But during the show, we're probably going to be engaged in the show, unlike normal shows where we're mostly unengaged. Another huge show today, <laughs> World Cup Wednesday. Ah. We're stoked to pick our official team. I'm more excited about that than any other content in the show, I'll be honest. On the road to glory in Russia. This is what we do when the United States isn't playing in the World Cup. (laughs) I forgot they weren't until right now. I'm going for Italy. The great Kaipo Maguire, standout receiver from the 1996 BYU football team, will also join us. I love Kaipo. How would his team in 96 that went 14-1 fare against the 2018 gauntlet? They BYU at Washington again. That was the one. The the whole wardrobe issue or whatever before. We'll ask him about that. Absolutely, we will. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Longtime college football insider and expert Brett McMurphy joined BYU Sports Nation yesterday and discussed BYU's path to bowl eligibility. It likely means the Cougars have to pull off a few upsets in the gauntlet. Listen to this. So you look at those games and, you know, pretty much they're probably going to be an underdog in all those games. So you're looking at being an underdog off the bat in, in half of your games right away. So if you don't pull off any upsets, then you've got to run the table in the games you're supposed to win to get to a bowl game. Not just half of the games, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, BYU is currently an underdog in eight of the 12 regular season games, including a home underdog to Utah State and a road underdog at UMass on the Vengeance Tour in Foxborough. Jerem, all those things considered, mm-hmm. what is the most likely path to bowl eligibility for BYU? Uh, to win six games is the simple answer. Oh, uh, my goodness. Win five, we discussed this yesterday. Uh, win five of the six non-gauntlet games, Okay. Chances are you slip up. You lose one. Okay, Northern Illinois, the most likely of those at UMass, guaranteed win. Don't forget that. Oh. Uh, and then win one gauntlet game at least. 
So that's at least six, right? So go five and one, one and five. Non-gauntlet, gauntlet. If uh, you're new to the program, the gauntlet is the five power five teams we're always playing. Arizona, Cal, Washington, Wisconsin, and Utah, plus Boise State. Uh, the majority of those, in fact, uh, five of those six games are on the road, while the non-gauntlet, five of the six are at home. So I think you've really got to make your hay at home. BYU probably needs to go at least 4-2 and two at home, if not 5-1 and one, or 6-0. and oh. If BYU beats either Arizona or Cal in the two opening games of the season, mm-hmm. at worst, they'll be 6-5 and five going to Utah. At worst. That would be nice because I don't want to have to win at Utah to make a bowl. That's going to be a tough game to win. The key is beating either Arizona or California just to give yourself some positive mojo early in the season. Yes. You don't want to be 0-3 out of the gate. That would stink. BYU will go at least 5-1 and one at home. That's going to happen. I feel like it better with the change in culture and the attention to detail specifically on the offensive side underneath Jeff Grimes, who is mandating a lot of different things with his staff and players, it – it's going to be better. BYU will go at least be five on and one at home. They went two and four at home last year. Well, everyone wanted the awesome schedule at home of uh, you know Utah. Then you play LSU, Wisconsin. It's like just too tough, man. BYU. Boise State. BYU got beat the heck up, dude. It was tough. There is, and the more I ponder about this, and it's probably because I talked to Blaine Fowler yesterday. He feels strongly that the Cougars should be 7-4 and four going to Salt Lake City to round out the regular season. Sorry, How blue-goggled is that? Sorry, we'll- Blue-goggle alert. Blue-goggle alert. Listen, Blue I, goggle I don't think alert. that seven's super unrealistic. We just need to see BYU be BYU again, and then confidence will be restored. Right now there's obviously like a, wait, that happened? That can happen mentality. I don't think BYU's going to be 4-9 for eternity here. I I could see where BYU seven and four going to Salt Lake, and that'd be awesome. Yeah, like and, I won't be shocked. And let's not say that hey, winning six games is the greatest thing ever. It's not. It's just good enough. It's a step forward. That's the important thing. It's a step forward. Okay, BYU is trying to move the right direction, and that next step is getting back to bowl eligibility. I don't think BYU is going to be good this year, but can they be good enough to progress? We are not hoping for BYU to win six. Like. The hope is that BYU wins, wins every stinking game they I hope play. BYU wins all twelve. Yes, I'm gonna get the blue goggles tattooed on. But a step forward is getting to a bowl game. ESPN's Chris Law ranked the toughest three game stretches in college football. BYU didn't show up in the top ten. In fact, ESPN's Football Power Index strength of schedule for BYU is 66th, a number some of you may not like. So Spencer, am I wrong? Is the BYU schedule not as tough as I've suggested? The, sc- the schedule is tough. Thank you. I mean, how many times do we have to say it? But it feels too tough primarily because the majority of those gauntlet games are on the road. Five of six, bruh. There are very few middle-of-the-pack games. The good teams are generally really good. And they're on the road. And BYU will play those teams in a true road format. That's why it feels too tough. The bad teams are generally... Really bad. New Mexico State. Beat Utah State in the bowl game last year. I want to put that up. Good for them. It's going to be a long road back to bowl eligibility for New Mexico State. Who knows? I haven't Hawaii. Oy. McNeese State. There Live is, on BYU TV. There are very few teams that are middle of the pack, 
comparable to BYU. It's Literally like, middle of the pack, Arizona and Cal, huh? It feels bottom of the pack, erratic in nature, which is why it's tough. But if you come back, it's a regression to the mean. Sixty-six is basically split down the middle, right? Yeah, one hundred thirty teams. So you're, yeah, you're right there. You're right there. Obviously, the three-game stretch that's the hardest for BYU is Arizona, Cal, and Wisconsin. That is not on par with some of these. But I would, I would think, as we just heard Brent McMurphy say, that BYU's September is one of the toughest, if not the toughest. BYU plays potentially two top ten teams on the road in September. For those of you who aren't with me on the it's too tough, did you hear me, what I just said? BYU's playing two top ten teams, potentially, in September on the road. More than it's likely, just too tough. More than likely, both of those teams will be in the top 10. This is likely the most imbalanced schedule BYU's ever had. Uh, again, because why I went erratic. of the six gauntlet games are on the road. And at home, you play one Power 5 team. Next year, it gets awesome at home, right? With really good games. Three of the four in September are... Utah and Tennessee and Washington. Sorry, Tennessee's on the road. USC is at home is the other one. That's incredible. But it's still really hard in September. Like, that's just, I guess, I guess. The part nature, of being an independent. Well, you choose to play all those games. You could choose to play somebody else and not have it so hard. But you may not play them at all. You do it so that you can get those teams to return to Provo at some point. Right. And sell tickets. Is it about selling tickets or winning? At what point is the cup full? On a schedule. I think that BYU keeps pouring Power 5 teams into the cup and not saying no. Like, is BYU saying no to games? Only Tom Homo can answer that question. Let's get him on. Let's chat. What kind of a wide receiver crew will BYU have when they show up for all of these gauntlet games, most on the road? We found out that Tarek Buchanan is transferring away from BYU football. He redshirted last year. According to his Twitter handle, he will play at Texas Southern. Bo Tanner also recently transferred out of the program. There is movement in that wide receiver core, Jerem. How do you assess the current BYU wideout situation? It's a lot of the same guys from last year. So it's hard because last year's offense was like one of the worst in BYU history, uh, statistically. And that's not good. You, you, you kind of want some fresh blood in there. Yet, yet I like... Guys like Talon Shumway, Aleva Hifo, Micah Simon, you throw in Gunnar Romney, you throw in another uh, player who's transferring uh, from school that BYU played last year, a used player. We can't say his name until he officially gets on the <laughs> roster. Like, I, th- I think that there's some good guys. I don't know that there's like a game breaker, uh, a game buster, a, a deep guy that's like really going to stretch the field in some of these really tough games BYU's playing. I, perhaps there is. We just haven't seen him as much. Micah Simon did it at times last year. I think the tight ends are going to help the re- the receivers a lot. You have Matt Bushman, Ronai Laulu Pututau, excuse me, uh, and then you have a couple of freshmen coming in that you really like, and Hank Tui Pelotu, uh, and then the kid from Pleasant Grove. Uh, what is it, Dallin Hoker, something like that? These guys can play. Uh, we think so. I think the tight ends will help this group. Quick hitter is the phrase that comes to mind with what BYU will try and do with this wide receiver core. I know that they use the word multiple. BYU wants to have multiple looks to try and confuse the defenses. I think that we will see something similar to what John Beck and BYU did in 2005 with this offense. Okay? Simplified, a lot of shotgun, a lot of quick passes, and a lot of decisions 
made before the ball is snapped of where you're going to go with the ball. Get the ball into the wide receiver's hands and let him try and make a play. Five- and six-yard passes are an effective, not super exciting brand of football, but an effective brand of football. I think that's exactly what we will see. Compared to the 2005 offense, BYU's 2018 offense will look similar to that. Let's look at the stats from 05 for reference. Johnny Harleen, tight end, was your number one in catches. Curtis Brown, running back. Todd Watkins there. 678 yards, nine touchdowns, deep threat. He was awesome. Who's that guy for BYU? Fahutai was the fourth leading receiver. Then Nate Mickle, Matt Allen. So Dan Coates. You only had three in like the top seven. Exactly so, what I think so, we will see this year. So maybe, uh, like if I look at this receivers group and I say, okay, is that group going to win you a bunch of games? I, I think they need to combine, if you're making the 05 reference, with the tight ends, with the running backs, to be a good offense. And ultimately, that's what it is. BYU's not going to be heavy on these wide receivers. I think they're going to lean on the tight ends. You hear the word multiple. That is what multiple is. Spread the ball around to a bunch of different guys. Tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, all catching the ball. I think that's what we're going to see this season. Multiple scares me a little bit because you can only be great at a few things. You can't be great at a bunch of things. So you have to pick. So what's BYU going to be great at is the question. This morning, the bid for the 2026 World Cup was announced. And it goes to uh, Nosotros, North America. Yeah. A.K.A. the United States, Canada, and Mexico. There's never been a combined country bid like this. Well, Japan and Korea did it, right? Except for that, I just learned. Sources <laughs> confirm. <laughs> so, Spencer, who's the best partner for BYU if the Cougars teamed up for a Power 5 conference bid? I'm trying to think of brand of athletic department and... I feel like the market size isn't as important as it used to be because everybody streams everything now and fan bases are nationwide, uh, but it still has value. So I would have to say it's probably Houston. Jerem? Oh, we've been there, done that with those Cougars. Yeah, I think that Houston brings the market size, the state of Texas for recruiting, uh, and a decent brand of football. And basketball, for that matter. Like, that athletic department is thriving right now. So I think Dave Rose likes your selection. Houston is the best option, in my opinion, for BYU to, to team up with a team for Power 5 inclusion. Boise State has a good brand, but who knows how much the people in power value market 112, right? Or whatever, 108. I mean, it's not a big market. Houston's market, the 10th biggest market in the United States. They're a top 10 television market. Number seven. Number seven now. Apparently. So that's gone up. Okay. That, that factors into it, but you got to have a good brand. And Houston's done some good things recently. Could be the, the Cougars. You just team up with the Cougars. Team up with the Cougars. I go San Diego State. Okay. San Diego market 26. They've moved up to 17. Oh, they're up to Apparently. 17. I don't know if this is from 1998 or not. I have no idea. Oh, boy. I'm assuming it's 2018. Okay. In market size. Uh, San Diego State could be an old whack and, and Mountain West buddy, right? Some quality basketball there. Obviously, football, San Diego State's been decent. Rashad Penny was a really good running back the last couple of years. Some fun matchups there. You can, you can get into Southern California a little more if you aren't already in there. Say if you're the Big 12 or whatever and you actually – do that, and BYU actually goes on a date again with the Big 12. Who knows? Okay, I don't know what list you're looking at. This is Like this I said, is, I don't know what list. Is. San Diego, 28. This is, oh, radio media? <laughs> <laughs> 
Houston number eight. So that one's that's not far. That's to, that's a top ten market. But San Diego still twenty eight. You know what? I changed my pick now to UNLV. <laughs> I still think I still. Well, you argued that TV size doesn't matter. Not as much. I, yeah, not I, as much anymore. I don't. Yeah, I think getting in San Diego would be good. Like, what are the teams that are Southern out there? California. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're, well, it's <laughs> it's uh it's like Rutgers to New York. San Diego State's way, way bigger to L.A. than Rutgers in New Jersey yes. is to New well, York the Big City Ten for the Network Big Ten. just becomes a household channel in the New York market because Rutgers is there. So it's included if in all the If the distributors packages, pick them up. Which they do because they're part of the Big Ten. And they did. They are. They're technically a part of the Big Ten. <laughs> what has Rutgers and done since And they're technically receiving a boatload of money because they're a member of the Big Ten. Green so, with, and green with jealous rage. So there's but, that too. Yeah. I say Houston. You say San Diego. UNLV is another interesting option. Boise State is a name that gets tossed around because they've been so consistently good in football. The market. They don't offer them. much else, though. Yeah, the market hurts them. Like now, I'm just thinking about Power Five inclusion and how the national champions, it. the reigning national champions, UCF, also uh, a potential option. No, they are two years removed from a <laughs> defeated season as well. Balance. Our question of the day. Who should be the official World Cup team for BYU Sports Nation? Tell us why. What do you think? Let's go to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Our first response in on the Twitter machine from at Lasersheep. Portugal. BYU is not as big as Brazil in its respective element, but at least BYU could have Jerem Jordan attempting to call games <laughs> in Portuguese. Yeah, right. Also, Portugal uses blue in their uniforms. At least I think they do. Maybe that's Uruguay. It's Uruguay. <laughs> Portugal's like a burgundy. Yes, yeah. and green. All good. All good. Keep uh, the responses coming on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, what does a late-night talk show host have to do with today's countdown? We are a very specific and exciting number of days away from BYU opening the college football season. Kaipo McGuire will join us next. How would his 96 football team fare against the 2018 opponents? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And BYU Football Media Day is Friday, June 22nd. It's coming up. Get ready for that. Programming on BYU Radio and BYU TV throughout the day, Friday, June 22nd. We're ready. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling on social media. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN, whenever, however you want to converse with us. Our question of the day, who should be the official World Cup team for BYU Sports Nation. Tell us why. At our Greenhaw tweets in, obviously England, I'm on the same page as our Greenhaw, okay. invented the rules of the game, like BYU basically invented passing. They won the World Cup a long time ago, but 66. people in England still expect them to win every year, are a good team, but the expectations are always too high, capable okay. of something special. Well, if England doesn't have to play the schedule, that, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, England's a pretty good pick. Like, it's a sound pick. You know what? England is BYU. Like, you want them to achieve something great. In the past, they have currently not living up to maybe the former standard. Like, I, that's a good pick. 
However, we're going to randomly select coming up in the next segment. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll read more of your responses later in the show. We're not picking, like, the best team. Otherwise, we'd pick Germany probably, right? We're going to pick a random team. Like, I hope it's like Morocco or something random. Iceland. I'm all in on Iceland. Tunisia. Are they in? Yes, yeah, they are. Sweet. Let's go. They open up against England, as a matter of fact. Very nice. Uh, today is a very special day, Jerem. We are going Wednesday. around the college football world in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 80 days. I messed up on the first part, but I read the defense. Yes, you did. I have to did. look at you when I'm doing yes, it. Yes, you I'm did. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> we didn't rehearse this one. <laughs> Too many uh, syllables in... Not enough. 80 days away. Anyway, we figured it out. Famous 80s within BYU football. No kidding. Jim Kimmel, the defensive end from 61 to 64. Jimmy Kimmel played football at BYU? Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Did did David Letterman and Jay Leno and Jimmy Fallon and... We couldn't get Jimmy Kimmel on the show today because he's been uh, hijacked by Matt Damon. A.K.A. Uh, Dennis Pitta. But we do have another great number 80 on the program with us. Returning to the program is wide receiver Kaipo McGuire joining us on the Deseret First Credit yeah. Union Hotline. Kaipo, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Why did you pick the number 80 specifically at BYU? Very, very simple. Jerry Rice wore number 80, and uh, he's a childhood hero of mine. So when I had the chance... I jumped at it in high school and been 80 throughout my college career. So when you showed up at BYU, did you have to fight an upperclassman for number 80, or was it uh, like, a, like a senior had already graduated and you just got it? Well, good news is Otis Sterling wore number 80, and I redshirted. So when he graduated, I stepped right in. So it was easy. But I was willing to pay, just like the NFL, <laughs> just, just minus a few zeros. <laughs> <laughs> The great number 80, Kaipo McGuire, patterned himself after uh, Jerry Rice. What are you up to now? What, what's going on these days? Well, since I believe we spoke two years ago, um, I've what we call PCS, Permanent Change of Station in the Military. So I am back at the United States Air Force Academy working in the athletic department. Uh, for the past year, I've been the director of the Human Performance Lab, particularly working on the mental performance with our athletes. Oh, very nice. So uh, that and that's become a thing in sports more is kind of the mental side of it. BYU has its own, uh, you know, kind of mental sports coach and Dr. Craig Manning. How have you seen that evolve over the last couple of years and play a bigger role in in sports? Well, I think it's huge. We always talk about taking a holistic approach here at the Air Force Academy, not just looking at the physical, but looking at every aspect, such as the spiritual or the mental side of it, or even the nutrition side of it, right? So when you take it from a holistic approach, you look at, you, you look at the problem from so many different ways, right? We always see the nice weight rooms, the plyometrics, the, the track. We see all those things. But everybody has that when you get to the Division I level and even higher. Everybody can run fast. Everybody can jump high. It's that, that mental component that really separates uh, the greats from everyone else. What made you mentally strong at BYU when you played receiver? Wow. Um, well, someone I was nipping at your, at your position. <laughs> so there's so much talent. And when you're, you know, we talked about it last time. When you're 5 nothing, 100 nothing, and you, you're not very athletic like myself, then uh, there's always somebody better behind you. 
So you kind of focus on the intangibles, and one of those intangibles is, is the mental side of the game. So having that confidence that you are going to do well, preparing yourself, and looking at the X's and O's, if you will. I didn't realize until recently that not only did you play, I knew you played in the NFL a little bit, but NFL Europe, and in the XFL? What was the XFL like? You know, a lot of people ask me that, and XFL version 2.0 is coming out. Um, it was great football. So other than the NFL, in my opinion, there was more talent in the XFL than the CFL, which I played in, and even in for Europe. What I saw was it was made up of a lot of guys that, frankly, made too much money for being being just special teamers, if you know what I mean. So there were three, four, five-year-old veterans um, that would be purely special teams players in the NFL, and I think that's what really made up the XFL. Kaipo McGuire with us on BYU Sports Nation. Talking with him about uh, not only 80 days away from BYU's football season beginning, but that difficult schedule that is bearing down on the Cougars. How would the 1996 team fare against the likes of Arizona, Cal, Wisconsin? I know you played Washington. BYU's at Washington again. Let's play that one again in 96. At Boise State, at Utah. What do you think, Kaipo? So am I referencing these teams in 1996 or how they are today? How they are today. 96. Okay, before we even go there, hold on. <laughs> Tell me the story at Washington. Was there a jersey issue before the game? Well, there's a lot of rumors about socks issues, socks. right? Socks. socks. Socks issue. I, I didn't see it. I know there was some rumblings going around, but at the end of the day, we just didn't play well. Did it feed into it? Maybe. But it was so small that... I don't think it would have affected the outcome. They played well. We didn't. And uh, we lost, I believe, by 12 points. Um, it's been a question 22 years in the making, Kepo. Thank you. Socks. <laughs> <laughs> socks. And, you know, I, I believe they sacked us seven, eight times. So that didn't help, right? <laughs> that didn't help. Okay, so okay, 1996 yeah, now, now. BYU versus okay. the 2018 opponents. The BYU is going to face this year. Okay. So I have it up on my computer screen right now, and I think, I think you guys know me. I would flat out say we would win every single game, but let me step, step out of my shell and, and look at this um, unbiased, if you will. So I think the three ones that really stand out would be, of course, Wisconsin, Washington, and, of course, Utah because they're a rival. So out of those three – if we're going to Washington, excuse me, if we're going to Wisconsin first, that'd be tough, right? That would sure. be tough. Yeah. It'd be a close game. I think we would squeak one out, but we'd come out on top. I think if we went to Washington, and I believe some, some people have them winning the Pac-12 this year. Well, yes. most yeah, they're do. top 10 preseason. Yes. Um, I'm going to say we beat them as well. The I'm socks are in order. Them. You're ready to play. That's right. Lavelle says, enough talk of the Sox, just play, and we beat them. <laughs> so, I, so I think we'd be undefeated going into the, the Utah game. Wow. And uh, it's at Rice Echoes, everything on the line, kind of like our year for our, our division of the WAC back then. And I think we pull it off. I'm trying to be unbiased as possible, but just looking at our team, assuming that we are all healthy and we have those two great corners and a great run defense, I think we'll be okay. I think we go undefeated. I do. 
That's completely biased, but we love it. This is BYU TV, <laughs> Kaipo. The amazing thing about like the 96 Utah game specifically, Steve Sarkisian threw 12 passes. Correct. You, you were like, un- did you have a catch in that game? Were you even targeted? <laughs> I was the leading receiver with like two catches for 30-something <laughs> yards. <laughs> it was like 300-plus rushing yards. Brian McKenzie and Ronnie Jenkins running wild. I hopped down onto the field and got caught, and they tried to escort me somewhere else, and then I snuck my way around onto the field after the game. I was like, we just beat Utah by 20. This is great. I'm getting down here. I'm like 12 years old or whatever. It's been a long time. I love that. We're going to get back. We're going to get back to to beating Utah. It's just a matter of time, and it's going to be sooner than people think. Why do you feel like BYU is going to get back? What gives you confidence that the Cougars not only will bounce back from last year's 4-9 and season, but they'll be in a position to beat teams of the caliber of Utah and end that streak? Culture. Getting back to that winning culture of what made BYU a, a national brand. Just getting back to those grassroots beliefs that Kalani is going to instill and enforce. And I, I only see what the media does. I'm not there day to day, but from what I read, it's pretty much getting back to the roots is what I take from it. And that's the beginning. In the 80s and the 90s, when BYU was doing it, we need to go back and take some lessons from those, those teams. How much of a wide receiver success revolves around the quarterback and the offensive line play versus what the receiver can control himself? It's, it's a symbiotic relationship. I, I always have this conversation. In my opinion, the greatest running back of all time is Barry Sanders. That, that's me. And his line was horrible. If he was on the Cowboys, I know this, it'll never happen, but I have no idea how many yards he would have rushed for. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just phenomenal. But he, it's, it's very symbiotic. One cannot be successful without the other. So you could have a great quarterback, but if he doesn't have time, he can't get the ball off. He can have great receivers if they're wide open, but the quarterback's getting sacked because the line's not doing their job. It really doesn't matter. So a lot of times, and you guys know this, when NFL scouts come in, you may not have the gaudy numbers, but they know you're doing your job. So, so they see, they see um, if you're getting open, if you have that talent and all that. That's a little different conversation, but in terms of being successful stat-wise and uh, eventually translating to wins, it's, it's very symbiotic. Kaipo McGuire with us on BYU Sports Nation, making his return trip 80 days away from BYU opening the season at number or at Arizona rather with number 80 on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Kaipo, what's at the core of a great wide receiver? Wow, that's that's a tough question. Uh, being being a little guy who definitely um, focuses on all the intangibles, I would say want. Right, kind of that desire, that that burning fire inside, because that's the one thing that drives everybody. If you have the want and the desire to be successful, then everything else will fall in place. Assuming you have you have a basement level of of talent. Um, when you really want something and is dedicated to achieving that, then you do what it takes to work on the other parts of your game. What do you think of BYU as an independent? Wow. Well, I know, and please correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you will, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I know uh, financially we're doing better than if we were in our previous conference. Yes. Um, and there are positives and negatives for both of that. 
there's no conference championship. There's no, unless you go undefeated, realistically, there's no um, no chance to get into one of the bigger bowls. Um, and even that is in question if you look at UCF this past year. Um, it's tough. The good thing is you play the Wisconsin's and the Washington's and the Arizona's, and the bad part is you play the Wisconsin's, the Washington's, and the Arizona's. So there's a lot of big names that you have on your schedule, but you have to win those games, and it's tough to win those games. Um, there's a reason the SEC is, is the toughest. One week you play Florida, the next you play, play Georgia, and so on and so forth. It's tough. Um, so in terms of independence, I'm not. That's way above my pay grade, and something I have the luxury of not worrying about. <laughs> I do like seeing these big, uh, big name teams on the schedule, but uh, I'm just not so sure if we can sustain it any longer. We need to get in a Power Five conference, in my opinion, if at all possible. Kaipo, it's been great to talk with you and uh, reconnect. Uh, we'll finish with this: Who was the better wide receiver at BYU, you or Kale Kale Louie? Toss up. <laughs> Good I political safe answer. Route. Safe route. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, thanks for the thanks for the time, Kaipo. No problem. Kaipo McGuire on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, a man who chases steeples. Matt Owens on his All-American performance in Eugene on the trek. And we achoo- we choose the official BYU Sports Nation World Cup team. Huge show today. Stay with us. This is BYU Sports Nation. Germany, Morocco, Brazil. Who are going to be? BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. We're one minute closer to choosing an official World Cup team. But not before we roll out today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU wide receiver Tarek Buchanan has transferred to Texas Southern. Buchanan redshirted during his one year with the BYU Cougars. He joins Bo Tanner as uh, one of uh, a couple of receivers now that have moved on from the program. BYU baseball catcher D.C. Clausen announces via Instagram he will sign with the Angels. Clausen was taken in the 37th round. Also, the Angels have lost two in a row to my Mariners. Rhett Rasmussen tees off tomorrow at 2.42 p.m. Eastern at Shinnecock Hills in the United States Open of Golf. Good luck to Rhett the Jet. Very cool. He's going to be in that. And BYU swim and dive coach John Brooks announced the hiring of Jordan Fletcher as a new assistant coach. No relation. Fletcher swam for BYU from 2010 to 14, earning all MPSF first team honors in the 50 free and the 200 free. We have reached the moment that you all... Okay, maybe not all of you, but Some we you. have been waiting for the drawing of the 2018 BYU Sports Nation official World Cup team. We now take Here we go. to a secure location with the law firm of Bagley and Sanders really? overseeing this entire drawing procedure. Okay, there's the team. Who is it? All 32 teams were placed into a sorting hat. The oversight firm has now randomly selected one team out of 32 and has been sealed in an official envelope. Do we? What's an unofficial envelope? And handed off to a representative. There's a security guard. This is legit. We are told her name is Miss Lewis. Okay. She is the official representative, Jerem, who is now carrying the selection into Studio B. 
With a security escort, no less. Yeah, we don't want anyone switching this out. Okay, instead of just picking a team, we're going to randomly do it so we have some more fun <laughs> with this. Uh, and here comes Miss, what would you say, any, Lewis? Any thoughts on who you think it's going to be? Okay, I hope it's, uh, I hope it's Iceland. I just like the skull chant. I, I want it to awesome. be England. You want it to be Iceland. Either way, yeah. If it's if it's Germany or something, and here it is. Thank you. Miss okay. Lewis has Thank handed you. out the envelope to Jerem in Studio B. Official team. This is an official envelope, as you called it. Okay. <laughs> be careful. No paper cuts. Here we go. No paper cuts. Do, do we have an envelope opener? No. no. Oh, all right. All right. No. Here we go. No. Okay. Who's the team, Jerem? And the team is? Croatia. 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 Okay. Here Let's we go. Let's go. We are all in on Croatia. Let's go. Basically, Kresmir Chosic, right? We're uh, all in. Yes. Croatia's team. Okay, what's Croatia's schedule? We got to dig in now. Who are they playing? When are they playing? When's their first game? They're playing Argentina? They're playing Argentina. They're in Argentina's they, pool? They are in Argentina's pool, yes. Are they even going to make it out? <laughs> we have become your experts on uh, the Croatian national soccer team We're going to in have the World to. Cup. Now, they do have a superstar. We'll get into all the details of that as the games unfold over the next month. I, I Googled Croatia Pool 2018, and it's the 10 best Croatia pools with infinity pools. <laughs> hotels, sorry. Hotels. So, yeah, that's I've got to be more specific. Okay, we'll break it down coming up later. Croatia. <laughs> I don't even know when their first game is. Croatia's our team, baby. Let's I was hoping go. for Iceland, but we are all in oh, on no. the Kresmer Chosen. Yeah, let's go Croatia. Yeah, absolutely. Team Crash. Absolutely. Coming up, we have our team randomly selected now, but who do you think we should still root for? Weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Who, who's, who should be the official team? Well, it's Croatia. That's... But who do the people think it should be? And how does somebody become a steeplechaser and an All-American, no less? Let's find out next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation will be live on BYU Football Media Day on June 22nd. No, we will not be discussing Croatia that day. Well, maybe. We'll see. But we'll have a two-hour BYU Sports Nation coming up on June 22nd. (laughs) I'm all in, man. I'm like, need to know everything about Croatia now. Now you want to know? Yeah, because that's Uh, our team, bro. In Pool D, Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. we're going to have to against Iceland? I don't want to do that. Nigeria is one of the best African teams. I don't know if Croatia is going to make it out. The Croats are favored to make it into the elimination round. Yeah. It's going to be tough, though. Iceland's scrappy, bro. There you go. Our question of the day as we continue live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. With Croatian soccer knowledge now. Is who should be who should be the official World Cup team for BYU Sports Nation? Yeah. Your opinions. It's Croatia. We have officially drawn it, but What do you want it to be? What do you think it should be? At yeah. Kugmax says Team USA. <laughs> uh, what? Well, BYU didn't go to a bowl game last year, and the United States isn't in the World Cup. So that, that missing kinda... a World Cup is worse than missing a bowl game. Yes. Yes. Both missed, uh, yeah, the World Cup bowl, rebuilding occasional big win. Okay, that from at Kugmax. At Kugmac. That's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Croatia, by the way, 33 to 1 odds to win the World Cup. Where does that rank among the odds? I don't know. They finished third in their first ever World Cup in 1998, though. Yeah, we're on the We're on the knowledge trail, bro. Let's go. 
Joining us now is BYU steeplechaser and new All-American. First team All-American. Matt Owens in Studio B. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. How did your career as a steeplechaser begin? Well, um, I actually barely got in to run for BYU. Like I was talking with Coach Eyestone through my senior year. And none of my times were super great, but I was kind of well-rounded. And I had played soccer back in high school. So when I got to BYU and was like, what do you want me to do? He's like, well, you weren't great at anything, but you're athletic. So let's just try you out in the steeple. And what? it ended up working out really well. Uh, yeah. So. How'd you take the you're not great at anything comment um, if it was kind of like that? Well, most of the other guys on the team had been recruited. And yeah. I actually only got here because I like reached out to Coach Stone And yeah. he gave me times to hit and stuff. Mm. So I kind of agreed with him. I was like, okay, I can see everybody else's. <laughs> Far above me, so. Steeplechase is an interesting one. For those that don't know, it's 3,000 meters. It's the one where you jump over hurdles and into the water. Um, how did, Specifically, how did you get into that event? Into the steeplechase? Yeah. So I'd always wanted to do it in high school. And when Coach offered it as, like, a potential option for me to run here in college, I was really stoked, especially since I'm a distance runner and running – 25 laps on the track just sounds miserable. And so if you can throw some barriers and stuff into it, that's great news. It makes it entertaining. That's right. So you don't mind running with a wet, with wet shoes. That's what I just learned, right? Yes. And does it cool you down if you're hot? You're like, oh, yeah. Can't wait for the <laughs> little pool. Well, truth is it only really gets up to, like, your knees. So. Well, that's unless you go all in. You could take that's a true. moment if you want. The right? goal is to not go all in all the time. but <laughs> All in true. mentally, not physically. That's right. I guess. Yes. Yes. At what point did you realize, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this event? So last year when I got home from my mission, I was really fat. It was rough. And I still did pretty well. I almost ran fast enough to qualify to run at regionals. And so being pretty out of shape and pretty heavy, like I was really happy with that. It wasn't until my first race this year when I was like, I got to qualify for regionals. Like I can do it. And then I beat the qualifying time by like 25 seconds. I was like, all right, I might be pretty good at this. So, And then the rest of the season was more than I could have ever hoped for. So, Okay, describe to us last week um, the the final for the steeplechase and and how you finished sixth. Uh-huh. Sixth? You're a freshman? That's right, yeah. Sixth? Okay, tell us tell us how the race went and how you did it. So I it went out way fast. Brian Barraza had the fastest PR in the whole group, and I was hoping to stick with the main pack. But a crazy thing about steeplechase is if you start too fast, when you get tired, those barriers get really, really big. Oh. So when he took it out at like 820 pace, which is – a solid 15 seconds faster than I've ever run, which is a lot in the steeplechase. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was like, I can't I can't go that pace. So I started dropping back a little bit. Still ran one of the best times I've ever run. But Brian Barraza from the gun took it all the way around until the last lap when he went down. He fell on one of the last barriers. And then I kicked it in at the end. Still ran a really good time. And I'm super happy with it. What is the hardest part about the steeplechase? Hardest part about the steeplechase? Making sure you never lose focus because you've got five barriers every single lap. And I actually fell in one of my races this season and almost fell in another one of my races because of the fact that, like, I got distracted with kicking in at the end of the race, looking up at the screen to try to figure out how far people were behind me and stuff. And if you ever 
get lax, you could fall on a barrier and that could totally ruin your race. So you can never zone out. You've always got to be focused on the race. Did I read correctly that you have uh, 10 siblings? I have nine siblings. You have nine. You're one of 10? 10. Okay. Um, How did that, growing up in in kind of that zoo, if you will, uh, (laughs) affect you, maybe help you be a better runner or athlete? Um, My older siblings, my whole family in general, is very competitive. And so I played lots of games slash sports and... I've got five older brothers, and so I always wanted to be able to compete with them. Mm-hmm. And when I started being able to like actually outperform them, that was that was a great day for me, <laughs> and fueled a lot of incentive into wanting to work hard and get better. How many of your siblings are first team All American? Yeah, have they accomplished anything like this? None. I'm the first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's big time. Just dangle that over their heads. I win. That's right. <laughs> um, what What's next for you? Because you're a freshman. And you get six of the steeplechase in your first year. So something to certainly aim for, but a, a quality start for you. Uh-huh. So I definitely have lofty goals for upcoming years. I was talking about with my friend Clayson Shumway. He took seventh at Nationals. So he was right behind me. We finished like the last 200 meters together. I just outsprinted at the end. feel a little bad about that, but it's fine. <laughs> um, I want – Next season, to go out and try to run a couple races at about the pace that the guy who won this year ran, and hopefully in the future give myself a shot to be a national champion. I think that would be awesome. Well, then maybe uh, Coach Eistone will let you just pick another random event that uh, you want to run in. You're like, am I not great at anything now, or what's going on? (laughs) Matt, great to have you with us. Congratulations again on uh, becoming a first-team All-American in the steeplechase. Thanks Please sign our stretch-wide flag. We would love to have your autograph. Oh, definitely. Yeah, thank you. From Orem High, dude, there's a rich tradition of uh, BYU Cougars. You don't do anything great, so let's just try you out in the steeplechase. I like that he said that, Like, but Ed is just straight up with you. He's like, I had a mustache in the 80s, and so I can tell you how it is. So it's part of the method to his madness. He did that purposefully where he's like, I'm going to motivate this kid. Yeah, he never (laughs) recruited me, but whatever. (laughs) Coming up, D.C. Clawson makes his decision on whether he's joining the Angels organization or not. And who earned our elite voice of the day, answering who should be BYU Sports Nation's official World Cup team. This is BYU Sports Nation. Dude, six as a freshman. That's incredible. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, the great number 80, Kaipo McGuire, part of the 14-1 BYU football team in 1996, and newly crowned All-American first-teamer Matt Owens in the steeplechase. Dennis Pitta, apologies. We again ran out of time. If you miss any part of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up uh, this week, Paula C.K. of Team USA Rugby and the Utah Warriors. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Football. Wide receiver Tarek Buchanan has transferred to Texas Southern. Buchanan redshirted last season for the Cougars. Baseball. Catcher DC Clausen announcing via Instagram he will indeed sign with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Clausen. Cougars in the PGA. Drafted in the 37th round. And uh, as Jerem said, nope, not going to read that. Not, not, nope. They've lost two in a row to my mind. <laughs> Cougars in the PGA. Brett Rasmussen is not in the PGA, but he's playing in a PGA Tour event. In fact, the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills. He tees off tomorrow at 2.42 p.m. Eastern time in the opening round. Back to seven with Spencer. 
swimming and diving. This pool is electric. <laughs> Hopefully not. Head coach John Brooks <laughs> announced the hiring of Jordan Fletcher as a new assistant coach. Fletcher swam for BYU from 2010 to 2014, earning all MPSF first team honors in the 50-yard freestyle and 200-yard freestyle relay. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Goes to the country of Croatia. That is our official BYU Sports Nation team we are rooting for in the World Cup. Who is it? Luka Modric? Luka Modric. Modric. He is a Real Madrid playmaker. He's a beautiful midfielder whose vision, passing, and ability prompt teammates as good as it gets. Barcelona midfielder Ivan Rakitic. Okay, another big There's name. There's a lot of going on with and Croatia. And Juventus yeah, striker Mario Mandzukic. Okay, they've got a three-headed monster. They've got a big three, Jerem. Let's Take out go. Iceland. Take out Nigeria. You're not going to beat Argentina, probably. That's okay. They're going to get into the elimination round. Let's go. We Croatia. need someone to get out of the pool. That's the goal, Team I think. Croatia. We're in, baby. <laughs> red, white, and blue. They're red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. I, trust me, the Kresmir-Chosic connection is a good one for us here at Brigham. Our question of the day, even though it's already Croatia, you can still sound off. Who should be the official World Cup team for BYU Sports Nation? At Tyson Peterson. I'm going with Costa Rica. They had some magic in 2014 like BYU did and similar miracle Mangum moments. Indeed they did, but they're CONCACAF, so I'm just mad <laughs> that the U.S. isn't in. <laughs> the elite voice of the day from at Y for Life, hashtag USA. Because they aren't of the World Cup, like unto the Power Five. Way to finish the show on a downer. <laughs> the conversation continues. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYU. No. Show's on demand. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's go, Croatia. Let's go. Woo! First game Saturday. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Jim Kimmel. Jim Kimmel played football at BYU. Who knew? <laughs> You do. 80 you. days to college football. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern, Luka, Croatia. Luka Modric. Let's go. Modric. Okay.